Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everybody to the St. Louis Realtor Podcast live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group. Tonight's episode is podcast number 34, all about homeowners insurance. We've got some amazing guests. We've got my co-host, Shannon St. Pierre. And I'm finally going to start saying it more normal for you, Shannon. And of course, our special guest today, Tony Barra, the Tony Barra. Thank you. With Liberty Mutual Home Insurance, or yes. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Liberty Mutual say. Insurance, correct. Liberty Mutual Insurance, okay. And we have got a lot of questions for you tonight. I know we emailed you about three pages of small type, yes. small font. I do Thanks, apologize, yes, yeah. yes. But as realtors, we deal with insurance a lot, and insurance agents, and we know you guys are always changing the rules up on us yes. every time there's a big storm somewhere. We don't right? like you to truly know what's going on. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Well, tonight, we're going to find out what's really going on, and Shannon has really prepared a ton of great questions for us, so I'm going to let you take it away, Shannon, if you'd like. Thank you, Adam. Yes, uh, I think that we'll just dive right into this, just because I do have so many questions uh, that have come up, let alone just even reading through the policy, and yes, I actually read my policy. Wow. It's like, what, 47 pages or something? It is. There? It yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also one of those people who will read the inserts that you get when you get a prescription filled. I'll read the whole thing. Yes. And then half time, I only take the medicine because then I'm like, never yeah. mind. So it's not I'm bad out. Anything I'm out done. there. You got a little bit of the engineer brain in you. They're very a little bit. A little bit on that. <laughs> so, um, so let's just dive right in. Okay. What is typically covered with homeowners insurance and what's not? Okay, so standard coverages on your homeowner's policy is going to be the dwelling, obviously, which is the most important, the home itself. The building. The building that you live in, that all your kids and family and dog and all your belongings are in. That's obviously the most important. Other than that, your second thing that's going to be covered is other structures. Now, that being said, not everybody has other structures in their house. You know, some people, it's for a shed or a gazebo may it's off in the corner of the yard, something like that, a detached garage that's on the corner of the property. Not everybody has other structures. That being said, typically other structures accounts for about 10% of that dwelling amount. So so could you eliminate that to, no, to you take can't. down? No, you It's always going to be 10%. Okay. It's just built in standard with almost every policy out but there. But what you meant is can you just not get insurance coverage for your gazebo? Is that what you meant? Yeah, for the other, quote-unquote, other structures uh-huh. is how they phrase it. And he's so saying no. can you Correct. eliminate it's already, that? It's already fact. That? Because I don't have another structure, Neither say. do I. Okay. You but know, you're both still paying for it? Yeah, but it's all it's already baked into that initial dwelling amount. So it's not costing you anything extra for that 10%. They just make it 10%. Of the actual dwelling or the home itself. Okay, okay. See what I'm saying? So you're only technically paying 90% on your home and 10% for your other dwellings. If you want to look at it that way, you can. Okay. Just trying to, you know, we're going to dive deep. No, absolutely. I'm totally fine with that. Um, Something else that's covered on there is your personal property. The basic way I always explain it to everybody with your personal property, you were able to take the roof off your house and turn it upside down and shake everything out. That's all your personal belongings, your clothes, your furniture, your silverware, plates, stuff like that is all going to be covered in your personal belongings. Okay. And we have a couple questions 
specifically for that as we go on. Okay, yeah, totally fine. I'll be um, ready for them. So can you customize your coverage? So can you, uh, in order to help with the premiums or bring down costs, can I say I only want to cover my house for what it would cost me to pay off my loan, say, or all the way up to what it would cost to actually rebuild my home? Is there a range like that that I could request? Because I don't think people even think about that. You just call up insurance agents and you say, hey, I need a home quote. Yes. But is there that range at all? There is. Most of the time, what's decided on the value to rebuild your home is built with a cost calculator, and that's specific to the home. So you're going to get very detailed into room by room as far as the percentage of hardwood floors you have in the house, you know, with the granite countertops, stuff like that. You know, you got finished basement, um, wiring down there, sound studio, all that stuff's going to be in the dwelling. And now what people don't consider is a lot of times, you know, say if the replacement cost is $250,000 for their house, but they only paid one seventy five for it. They say, "Well, I want to only insure it for one seventy five. One thing they don't consider is the amount it costs to rebuild or fix those things when something happens. So you got to think if a fire burns half your house down, you know you're going to have to bring crews in. You're going to get roll off dumpster dumpsters. You're going to have crews in there taking all that debris out of there, and that's all figured in the cost of that. So sometimes it's usually higher than what most people think their home's actually worth. So about that, I've I've heard an insurance person say that you really want to get coverage for the rebuild cost because it's possible that if your home burns down that someone, I guess the city would make you rebuild. Is that true? Or could you just like be like, Oh, take the money and go. Well, typically from my understanding, if it was somewhere in the city like that, it'd be responsible. You could take the money and go. But I, I think as far as being a, Eyesore or being something that would be a liability for someone to come on. You have to know. at least clean up the mess, but you could just leave a lot. Correct. Lot. Correct. You could do that. Okay. I, yeah, Shannon, it's it's so interesting to me that a you know $150,000 house in the city, all brick, built forever ago with the three brick wide walls, the insurance for that could cost more than a $300,000 house in Chesterfield, right, with stick frame built. I mean, You're I'm just making correct. numbers up, yes. but it's so interesting that the insurance would be different. Yes, and it's because of the rebuild cost, not necessarily because of the location, I don't think. Yeah, and that's typically baked into a homeowner's policy already, the 10% for ordinance or loss. So obviously, building codes are ever-evolving, ever-changing. That's to make sure that your house is going to get put back up to code with what the specs are for that specific area. You know, So it's things on an older home like yours, Shannon, might not have been to code back in the day, but now are grandfathered in because the house is so old that it's been there. You know, but for what if it would be demolished, that 10% ordinance would be allowed to update everything to the proper wiring if they require so many outlets per wall, you know, a different type of insulation in the ceiling as opposed to, you know, some of the older homes having asbestos and stuff like that. Okay. So going back to that that scenario, if someone's house burns down or here in the city, you see a lot of brick shells that are burnt out and they just take the money and go, who's responsible for that property? Does the insurance company then own that building, or does the homeowner still own it and they... A lot of times end up the city city takes over the vacate, vacant properties. And that's but is why. that only after they don't pay the taxes for three years? That's a great question. <laughs> I would so think really- the people would still own the property. It's still my property. You gave me the money to, yes. to rebuild it if I wanted to. 
if I choose instead to take that money and go buy the house down the street, I think I would be totally allowed to do that. But what he was saying earlier was that the city might come in and be like, uh, excuse me, can you please clean up this trash that you have yeah, you on this lot? you can't have a hole in the ground with rebar sticking out. You know, right. I mean, that's good. This then, is a danger. That's a liability issue, and then you could potentially be sued because it is still your property. Okay. Yeah. I still think that's a really interesting because you do see a lot of burnt-out buildings that uh, just Yeah, and a lot of times the city doesn't want to... Wanna... Yeah, they don't want to spend the money whether to tear them down or whatever, so you see a lot of these boarded up. You know, you get riffraff anybody that might break in or kids move and vandalize and sometimes all of a sudden then you hear on the news a vacant property burnt down again <laughs> you know and you... um so how much does some how much homeowners does someone want to get you know with auto insurance say there are state minimums Correct. and i can call you up and just be like, give me the minimum i want to keep the cost low but that doesn't necessarily serve me the best correct is that the same case with homeowners, or is it because it's a dwelling, because we have mortgages on it? Where It is. It's going to be your largest investment. Your home is always your largest investment. And me and, me and Adam kind of touched on this a little bit earlier as far as what was needed, and he just mentioned, but you always want to insure it for what it costs to replace the home. You always, I always recommend that to all my customers. And yes, sometimes, a lot of times with working with different lenders, they have to have DTI, you know, being in there for someone to qualify for the loan. So that being said, then maybe they can't do the extra coverages like the earthquake or the water backup initially. But that can always be added after the fact. Okay. But, I mean, you're, you're protecting your family. That's where <laughs> you and your family and your kids spend most of your time. Okay. I mean, it's the most important investment to you guys. So let's talk about that flood and earthquake Correct. insurance. Because okay. flood is not part of it. No. Earthquake is not part of it. Correct. And I don't think people necessarily think about earthquake insurance, even though we're on a fault yep. here in You're know, absolutely St. Louis. correct. And I don't know if they think about flood insurance until it happens, like what happens down south every time it yeah. pours. Yes. Um, so people should obviously get that, most likely, right? But yes. Is, how much is the pricing difference in general or the how much is it extra to to get flood or to get well typically you not everyone can just go get a flood policy you have to it's all regulated by fema by the government so no matter what insurance company you're with that's all determined by zones and being in a flood plane and sometimes even far as realtors or lenders that might be a requirement that has to be Mm -hmm. you have to get flood insurance on this property but if i've got a big house up on top of a big hill you wouldn't be allowed to sell me flood insurance Okay. It it's has all, to be in the floodplain. Correct. Which FEMA has their flood maps that change occasionally. You are correct. Okay. That's all government regulated across the board. doesn't matter who you're insured with. Wow. Okay. Does it have to be in the 500 year, the 100 year, or the whatever? the? It's typically the 100 year. Um, I think that, like I said, that's forever changing, too, with the government as far as regulations. With the flood, you would have to contact FEMA directly to find out if you'd be eligible with that. And then... in Sorry, I'm just asking all these mm, questions. Normally, no, you know, like let's say that your property is an acre and your house is just right in the middle of it, but the floodplain goes through like the back corner of your of Even your if it yard, touches a, two trees in the corner of your yard. If it touches anything in the yard, then you, can cons- get, you yeah. have to get flood insurance or at least you're allowed to get flood you insurance. You are absolutely 100% correct. Okay. Wow. So with earthquake, though, you can't, but not all insurance companies offer that. Correct. 
Um, earthquake typically with us is 15% deductible of the, of the house. So you got a hundred thousand dollar house. You're going to, your deductible is going to be $15,000 to replace that home. You know, that being said, you have an earthquake, like you said, we on the new Madrid fault line, you know, your host, your house splits in half, obviously can't live, but your deductible then is 15% of that to have the home rebuilt. So it's your earthquake deductible is going to be 15% of what they're considering to be the rebuild cost. Yeah, correct. Okay. So on the other examples, we're like, oh, yeah, baby, make it the rebuild cost because I would just take the money and go build a cheaper property probably. But in this case, it's a little bit of a detriment, I guess, that the rebuild cost is so high. Correct. But re- the earthquake insurance must not be that expensive then if your deductible is so high. Or it, is it? It Typically, it's more expensive with someone like your house, Shannon. The brick homes are typically more expensive on the earthquake side of things as opposed to the siding. It's also zip code related, obviously, like you said. For us to live here in Missouri versus someone that lives you know, a lot farther out in Kansas or as you get away from that, it might be more reasonable. Okay. So I, I was starting to hear, though, that earthquake insurance was going away, and it was a lot of insurance companies were not offering it anymore. And only if you were, had it previously and grandfathered in. Um, does any of that ring true? It, it does somewhat. And a lot of times now there's other companies that are actually popping up that only specialize that allow you to buy a standalone earthquake policy. That's what they specialize in. So if a company's not able to offer it, there are some other options out there that they can still get earthquake insurance on their home. Okay. okay. That being said, they're basically taking the gamble as far as offering that product that... Nothing's going to happen. Yep. Because then they're out of business. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so let's go to filing small claims. Okay. So if something happens to the house uh, that's maybe $2,500, $5,000, not exactly pocket change necessarily yes. for everybody, but what is the threshold for small filing small claims? How much does it increase your premium and for how long? It's typically a three-year period. Um, there's not an exact science behind the percentage, what it does increase Okay. You know, for that year, obviously, depending on the claim. But I always say with claims, you know, you have insurance there for a reason, you know, so why not use it? That being said, sometimes somebody's going, hey, I have a couple properties. If I have to pay $2,000 out of pocket to fix something as opposed to paying 1000 or $1,500, I'll just eat that cost to not have the problem with the homeowner's insurance claim. You know, 2500 to other people, that's quite a bit of money to have to come up with. You know, so if right. they got a $500,000 deductible in that situation, they'd be better off just paying for that insurance to make the claim. And they're kind of gambling, right? Because if you, if you have a problem, I don't know what the problem would be, a roof issue or something like that, you would think that you'd be better off going through insurance, paying towards your deductible. So if later on that year there's another bigger problem, you've already prepaid part of your deductible well it's specific per occurrence oh it is so it's not like a savings like you can't just say okay. well, i paid so the- is that different like with health insurance aren't i sort of like paying towards my deductible you are year? you are okay that's, that's different with with homeowners you are insurance. correct it's per claim per occurrence correct and the nice thing with us is that um sorry yeah, <laughs> hey, we're on the rooftop yeah, right? yeah there's there's ambulances <laughs> flying down the street um so the nice thing about liberty mutual with what we do is people have that angst about you know having a homeowner's insurance claim is it going to be worth it for them to do this that you know how much is it going to cost we don't ding you for a zero dollar payout 
So if we have someone come over and take a look at everything and they're saying, hey, Shannon, it's actually would cost you about 900 bucks to get that fixed. Okay. You know, they're at least giving you that advice and we're, you're gonna, you're, it's going to show up as a zero pay claim. However, we are not going to ding you for that. Other companies out there may, if you would switch insurance, would say, well, you have a, a $0 payout claim. But the nice thing about Liberty Mutual is we're not going to fault you for that claim. But so in general, you can be dinged by, if you've made specific claims, like you just said, you called it a ding, yeah. then you can get dinged. But also you could get dinged by if Joplin has a huge tornado and now everyone's going to get dinged. Right? Yes. Okay, so you can get dinged both ways, I guess. You, yeah, and that's... that's it's a funny thing about insurance, you know, it's a giant bucket of money that we all throw into annually, you know, with our premiums and we hope it does have to get spent, mm-hmm. you know, but that being said, like you said, with Joplin, you know, that's that you're the ripple effects going to be in that for that state. Yeah. I think once Joplin had that big tornado, that's when the whole rule came in. Now that we don't, you guys or no one will insure homes with roofs that are older than 19 years old does that sound familiar yeah typically a lot of times if it's over 11 or 12 years old and i think this was one of your questions in here shannon about the roof Mm -hmm. it's actually becomes just like the blue book value of your car it becomes a depreciative value an actual cash value as opposed to a full replacement cost so they're going to assess what your roof is worth at that time you know if it's 15 16 18 19 years down the road they're gonna say well this is this roof is only worth three grand so they're only going to give you that cost you're going to be responsible for the difference of that you're only getting you're getting a basically blue book value of your roof okay so but only once it reaches that specific Correct. 11 or 12 h Correct. but up to that point you could get a whole new roof yep, 100 full replacement cost um but every year after that there's that depreciation yep and say my roof costs 10 grand to replace and it's 20 years old you're going to give me thousand fifteen hundred bucks yeah third, whatever yeah. three or three grand i mean let's just call it that in there you know it's not going to be what it's going to cost to replace it yeah that being close. said i mean you also gambled that you know i'm just going to leave us on there there's no water spots on my ceiling you know let's ride this thing out you know so you've kind of been going back to your savings type thing adam that's that's a way you work up that savings account saying hey well i've also haven't made a claim on my roof or i've been saving this money you know every year by doing that Okay. So are you, do you penalize at all for people who call and say, I think I might have hail damage and you come out and you're like, no, it's not hail damage. It's just old roof. Yep. Yeah. Like, no, do we you, don't. That's what I said. There's zero no, pay. We're not going to hurt you for that. But that's still what you consider as uh, zero payout versus Correct. like, there's nothing there. You did nothing except come. Correct. Because they probably have a roofing company that would come out for free. And yeah. We have inspectors that are coming kind of specialized and they can tell what it's you know, caused from. Okay. You know, a lot of times you get someone that maybe it didn't get caught when they purchased a home, you know, that something was dilapidated in the corner, and then someone's going, hey, I think I got hail damage on my roof. And they're like, actually, no, this was, a Band-Aid was put on this. You know, they put some extra shingles in this corner. This is is pre-existing, you know, damage as far as that goes. I'm excited for your next question, Shannon. I am too. Save some money. Yeah, let's talk (laughs) about premiums, because... I feel like there's so much that goes into premiums. Like it's almost like Google Analytics and SEO. There, nobody ever really knows the full calculation, even insurance. Agents. Yes, we don't. <laughs> but what we do know, or what I've heard, are things like your personal credits. Yes. Um, which I don't know that people are totally aware of. Uh, previous claims. Yep. Uh, is that on 
the current house, previous homes, yeah, renters, any, anything? Correct. And Even it follows auto? the person, not the house? Yes, sir. Or it follows the person and you guys also follow the house. I yeah, think. because that's all going to be pulled by your name, address, you know, your former addresses, your social, stuff like that. That's going to come all up on when we order a report on a property. Okay, so ho- occupation, ho- house alarms, like what affects premiums? When you get a new applicant, what are you asking for so that you can help determine what their price point will be? Typically, like you said, you're going to, one of the major things is, the person's age, you know, that's going to be, and when that, when you talk about that, everybody's thinking, well, why would, why should that make a difference? Yeah, I was, I was thinking, what the yeah, that wait a minute. Do? You know, what? Well, it's, it's, it's in an essence, a, uh, a responsibility chart, let's call it. So if you're a first time home buyer, you're 24, 25 years old, you're probably one that tend to entertain a little bit more. You know, you may have the likelihood of something possibly oh, happening. I think really? I would disagree, but <laughs> go on, Anthony. Go on. Well, and it's, just, it's that's what I mean. Taking into consideration, a lot of times your credit, your credit's not, you know, what it would would be as if you know our fathers, our parents' ages. You know, a fifty-six year old who's been building up their credit for a long time. This is the first major purchase for them. My dad so, just loved you. Did he? 50, <laughs> fifty or sixty years old. He's like, yes, that's correct. Yes. But I don't think it takes that long to build up it's, your credit either. No, um, you're more established. So obviously, your address, your age. You know, I know you were getting an occupation. Why should matter? You know, if somebody that has a different, you know, a job that doesn't make as much money but is fiscally responsible, mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who makes a lot more and is irresponsible. You know, and goes out and buys things and runs up credit card debt still because they live, you know, in a, a lavish lifestyle. So there is just like some sort of big, huge algorithm you guys use. Correct. But then you can save if you have things like smoke detectors, Typically, alarm system. like being married, that's, that benefits you. Also having multi-policies with it. A standalone home policy is not, you're going to get discounts if you want to do auto insurance with it, if you want to do life insurance, you know, so you're, there's other discounts that are applied by kind of bundling everything together, so to speak, when it comes to your homeowner's insurance. Okay. Zip codes are taken into consideration. I mean, like you said, there's a huge algorithm. It's it's a lot of factors that's unique per situation. There's a discount if you're a realtor, isn't there? Correct. Love yes. That. So yes. if you ask for it, Anthony <laughs> does apply it, but it's only through Liberty Mutual. Correct. Oh, okay. So Liberty Mutual actually has an agreement with uh, SLAR. Yes. No, National Nat- Association. Oh, NAR, National NAR, Association. NAR. Yes. NAR sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So National Association of Realtors. Okay, but if I install an alarm system, I'm going to save a little bit of money? Correct. And the misconception there, it's funny, I just uh, dealt with this personally a lot of times. The alarm companies, they said it could save you 15 to 20% on your homeowners. Mine says 20. Yes, that is um, that is not true. That is a very old, uh, was, think of more in the 80s when nobody really had alarm systems. You know, now with the ever-changing uh, technology, with you can get iHome on your phones, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's a lot more common. So obviously the discounts at not as steep as it used to be. You do still have some savings on the home, though. But. Well, uh, do you mind if I ask, Shannon, while while we're talking about savings, I'm uh, under contract to buy a house right now. And Congratulations. It a pool. Thank you very much. As a pool. Yes. So I was just like shaking at the knees to tell my insurance guy that. Correct. And <laughs> then he gave me my quote, and then I was shaking at the knees when I wanted to tell him, it also has a diving board and a slide, and I thought he was going to like triple my policy or something like that, but 
I guess that kind of stuff doesn't play that big of a factor anymore. No, and when the important thing, it factors in a little bit, but when the, the major real importance of that is is your pool fenced in. It is. You know, and so that's the important thing. Does it lock? Do the gates lock on it? Can you? Are you able to? Yes. Keep people out, so to speak. <laughs> you know, well, so that's. Well, now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Master locks are going on that. Thing. Yes. That's not a bad idea. I recommend that to anybody that has a pool. You want to make sure, you know, you have, you have little kids around you that are curious. And so if I ever had to claim or if I ever had to go to court and I could say, yeah, there was locks on there and they broke them or they jumped the fence or something, I would be better off. It would, it would, your story would definitely seem better as opposed to someone going, yeah, I don't know. The pool was. It was open in the backyard, and we went on out of town. I saw some kids playing down the street. I didn't think anything of it, you know, and all, you left your gate open. And now the one the kid's little brother happens to walk down, and you got a whole another situation. Oh, my gosh. I've heard that I'm not responsible for the criminal acts of another. <laughs> it sounds like. Oh. Yeah, but you know you've heard those stories where criminals will actually sue the owner of the home that they broke into because they were... Yeah. Injured during their they crime cut their spree. cut their arm when they fall. Yes, yeah, that, from the glass. <laughs> so we all know how that goes. Oh, and when crazy. it's going to what you were saying though, too, I, I'm sorry to jump topic here, but as far as a home or having a pool, mm-hmm. and I don't know if your insurance carrier um, talked to you about this or your agent did, but did he recommend a an umbrella policy, a personal liability policy I have to an you? Policy okay, that is one him. thing I always highly recommend doing as far as if you have a pool when i just got married we did like this whole crazy insurance like re-evaluation or whatever and yeah we ended up getting an insurance or an umbrella policy it's a very very smart move to do that especially now that you're getting a home with a pool we needed one to cover <laughs> this dang ring you know yeah <laughs> right and that per- that is coming up don't you worry yeah okay um good. what's next so what about those premiums High crime areas, it obviously is going to be affected, right? Correct. Knob and tube. So we know knob and tube is a problem uh, as far as some insurance carriers are concerned. Some will not even insure you if the home has knob and tube wiring. And it's actually getting to the point because underwriting is ever evolving Uh that almost everybody's in that case where they're not. Companies that you're already with the knob and tube and you're grandfathered in. You're fine with, but as far as the underwriting and companies kind of changing their view on it, because obviously more time is continuing to lapse since that has been a thing. Okay. You know, because I mean, that's a time. huge mm-hmm. hazard. And there's so many homes, you know, everywhere. It's big thing now. I mean, you see so many houses out there. You guys are in real estate. Yes. People go through and they revamp everything and just to flip the house. They update the kitchen. They. Slap. So what if you don't know there's knob and tube? The house burns down. The adjuster says there was knob and tube here. Um, is it possible if that insurance carrier do- doesn't naturally cover knob and tube that they deny the claim? It could be a possibility. It would also would be coming back on the inspector as well to not have noticed that. He should know where so to So now we're just going to go a big circle because Correct. the inspector is going to say, how was I supposed to know unless I took out all the drywall? Because they, uh, and I found this in my home where they, did the updated wiring, and only behind the walls did you, and we knocked it out because we were yeah. rewiring some stuff, did they connect it to the knob and tube? But you would never have known that. Yeah, yeah a lot of times correct. they only replace the knob and tube like where they can see it, in the basement yes. or the attic. I, so, find, I find knob and tube to be really interesting because I think that sometimes people kind of lie to lie to their insurance person about whether they have knob and tube so that they can 
I guess either get a get insurance. insurance or get b cheaper insurance because you can always get insurance, but yes. so they can get cheaper insurance. And I'm like, you're crazy because yeah. then every month you're paying insurance, 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 and then ten years from now your house burns down, quote unquote, because of your knob and tube, and then they deny it. And you've just been paying this money for the last however many well, let's years not talk for about no the mortgage. Reason. Yeah, the, the that they have to still pay off. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, now now they, they have no insurance. Yeah. Because they lied about their knob and tube. And like you just said, I was talking to somebody about this recently, and they're like, well, I don't know. The insurance company came out and looked, right? And so if he either missed it or didn't know or whatever, then you're saying that now the homeowner would have to probably sue the insurance company to get the, them to blame it on the guy who did the inspection? Or even it could be go far back as the contractor, you know, of not doing it properly, ordering the permits, because they're supposed to have things done and have inspected as they move throughout yeah, but the process that's of like a the home. the insurance companies, they would deal with that later, right? Wouldn't they, like, pay us but then go after the contractor? Correct. They would go subrogate okay. it and try to go to battle for you guys. Okay. So does it increase premiums then? It does, especially now. A lot? I wouldn't say huge amounts um, as far as the companies out there. I mean, the worst case, obviously, is you're not going to be able to get insurance on the house but going to adam said people are going to fortunately lie about it and things like that um but no i mean i don't foresee a huge increase as far as okay. having some unknown not too yeah okay so what about bars on the window i heard this was a problem it is now there are, especially in the city there's a lot of houses that have bars on the windows especially the basement windows correct why is this a problem? Because if you think about that, especially the basements that don't have any other way out, you know, so you got to think of the liability. What happens if a fire is upstairs and everybody goes, now your family's trapped in the basement and your only way out of the house is through a window and you break that window and now there's bars and you can't get out. There's no other way for you to get out of your basement. I, I see from a security standpoint, you know, you have stuff down there. You don't want somebody coming through in the middle of the night kicking your bottom window and stealing all your stuff out of your basement. But it's a huge liability when it comes to homeowner's insurance from when they will go out and inspect the house that they're insuring for them. Interesting. Okay, so it has nothing to do with with that it insinuates that you're in a high-crime area, meaning that if you have, like, your air conditioner in a cage, you don't necessarily charge more insurance because of that. Correct. Because that would indicate you're in a higher-crime area. It's because of safety. Yes, Hundred percent because of safety. Okay. So if there, if it was a walkout basement, does that a lot of times it, it cover you, that issue or is it like? You mean if there's so you can walk out the door. So you can walk bars, out the door, but, but the, the door is like are, all the way in the back of the house. Now he's probably going to say to me, "Well, what if you're stuck at the front of the house? What are you going to do then?" Correct. So bars on the window. Do you, am I supposed are clients supposed to say by the way there are b- bars on the window? I never would have thought to say that. Yeah. I actually have them on the yes, window. Yes. Um but so And as far as an insurance score goes Or you guys come out and look at the house. Correct. Right? As far so as, as sh- that they goes they should note that. Everything's pointed. You know, so if everything on the house seems to be there and you're not and I hate to use the word ding, but you're not getting points for the negative things on the house, on the inspection, then they, we'd, we would go ahead and cover that. If that was the only thing wrong with your house, your Bars roof looked window. good, you know, the house is maintained, there's no debris, there's nothing that would look like a huge liability, it would be something that definitely would still be insured. Man, I used to think I would want an insurance company that didn't come out and do an inspection, but now I'm like, 
Please, please yes. come to an inspection. Please take the liability for me and take it to you. Kind of. Yes. I mean, I guess it's worth just being honest instead of trying to hide these things because you're going to, if you use the insurance, probably going to figure this well, yeah, out. Well, yeah, and like so. you said, going back, and one of the things we hoped, you know, to get people that would lie about that is when we do have the inspections and go out look at the house, you know, they say, oh, no, everything's great. Well, you go out and they have a... Rusty trampoline in the backyard, and there's, there's <laughs> you know, a old broken down deck that just <laughs> boards are piled up, you know, with nails sticking out, and there's debris everywhere. There's no handrailing on your front porch. You know, these are all things that are going to point against you, saying, wow, there's a lot of hazards here for someone that could get hurt on this property. Speaking of, do you actually increase premiums if someone has a trampoline? It's not recommended to have a trampoline. It's kind of like the swimming pool thing. If you do have a trampoline, it should be enclosed in the backyard. Enclosed as in in a fenced in yard. In a well, you can yeah, you can hear horror stories of kids getting tangled oh, up. Oh, every doctor it. hates them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I don't recommend hate them at all. They hate them or they love them because there's all their business. I just tell people go to Sky Zone. <laughs> <laughs> you go, no, there's trampoline parks. You don't have to need one in your backyard. <laughs> there's a trampoline on the house I'm buying. The first thing I'm going to do is take that thing down. Yeah, you don't need it. You just have to move it to cut the grass anyway. Yeah, what am I going to do? With that it thing? is. Uh, okay, so in regards to the credit factor, one of the things I read was that there are some states that require insurance companies to take into account financial hardships. So let's say like divorce, death, or disability of a spouse, unemployment. That is, was a great question. Is Missouri one of those states? It is not. Okay, That's a unique so question. It's just, I, if you're screwed, you're screwed no matter, no matter what the story is. Yes, on not your, to use those. Yeah, but, but so to speak, you are. But there are a yes. lot of people. You wouldn't believe how many people have poor credit because or credit damage because of medical bills. Correct. And that's the only thing that really has brought them down. But we don't see that as a hardship in Missouri. Correct. I know I'm in Missouri and Illinois, and that is not something we are specific to. Meaning to us, a credit score is a credit score, and to some states, a credit score is... Not a credit score, necessarily. It's like a credit score, but hey, it's because of this or that. Because of a divorce or your medical... uh, Financial hardship, basically. Okay. Uh, That kind of makes sense. I mean, your credit score is your credit score, right? And How are you guys supposed to evaluate that? Well, then, I guess it does does make it a little bit more... It's probably like more white versus the gray area of a financial hardship. And Correct. Trying to evaluate that. And then you're probably then you're getting a whole legal mess, you yeah. know, saying, well, how I come them? That. What about us? You know, and All right. so I know Missouri, that is not, that is not true. Okay. So if someone buys a house and initially their credit score is maybe lower than desired, however, mm-hmm. they work on it, it increases. Can they come back? Absolutely. And say reevaluate. I might recalculate absolutely we can go ahead and do a whole evaluation and go through the house line item by line item actually redo the quote form and see if we can get them a better rate and if that's the case then we'll go ahead and do that okay with the absolutely absolutely just hope they don't come over and find a trampoline yeah it's like i don't know that i want you to come over because don't Don't put a trampoline in your pool Awesome <laughs> nightmare for the yes. agents. Uh, so can you tell us about any claims that were denied because of neglect of homeowners? The neglect it, on the homeowners? Yeah, that, like say there was a leaky roof that maybe they didn't fix or um, animal damage, you know, that was because a squirrel got in and did all ate up. They love to chew up wires. Yes. 
And you're responsible as a homeowner to maintain your property and maintain the, a livable condition, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, that being said, you're not always going to know those squirrels are in your attic chewing your right. wire and stuff like that. So if but, you don't know, is, is it then covered? Because... Yes, it is. So like a, a good example of like neglect, let's say we have a huge rainstorm and a tree falls, you know, through your roof and you guys just leave it there and it rains three <laughs> more times, mm-hmm. you know, and you're sitting there going, well, how come you guys aren't fixing everything? I got water all over my house. You didn't take any extra measures to go ahead and protect that, cover it up, call somebody, call your insurance company. You just let it, well, I know it's going to rain for three or four more days. We'll just let this you should have contacted us or at least done something to prevent further damage. Same with like a hole being in a roof. You know, all of a sudden you get a hole in the corner of your roof and your bedroom upstairs is constantly getting wet in that drywall. And you know about it. You're just like, oh my gosh, it's raining again. It's getting all wet up there. Hoping mm-hmm. nothing happens. You know, just put some fans up there. Well, all of a sudden you're coming after the fact two years later. Now it's down to the first floor. It's been rotting all that drywall and boards in there. And you knew about it the whole time. That's that's a neglect. You didn't do anything to fix that, prevent it. You know, so in that case, yes, a claim would be denied. Okay. That seems okay. fair. Yeah. Can I ask you a quick question about, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm on all these like Facebook neighborhood groups. And I see people that talk about, you know, my neighbor's tree just fell on my garage, for example, and damaged my garage or my damaged my fence. Who's responsible? Most of the time, it's the neighbor's tree that would do that would fix it. The neighbor whose tree it was, yes, has to fix. Yes. And their their homeowner's insurance would cover the Correct. neighbor's garage. I just had this happen with my dad's friend. A neighbor's tree had fallen over against the fence. He was friends with them. Nice enough guy. He actually they two went out there and just fixed the fence themselves. He didn't make him turn it into his homeowner's insurance claim. What if the neighbor's garage has knob and tube? Oh, now we're really <laughs> <laughs> with a trampoline in there. <laughs> um, but that is one of those questions. Is because the tree fa- there's some huge trees and yeah. that it's totally two properties over, but can easily fall. Absolutely. So it is their homeowners. Absolutely. What about same thing? You know, in the city, we have no more than. Three feet, say, yes. sometimes between houses. There's catches on fire. Fire, fire department shows up. The, part of what their job is is to create a wall of water. Correct. High pressure. And I can't yeah, imagine they... how there's not water damage to the next house over. Correct. And I'm sure that there is. Who cover, Who has that to? That would all be relative to the claim. Whatever caused the issue. Whatever caused the issue. Correct. Would typically cover all that. And if they don't have enough. Then ours kick. Then, then your you're going to have a mad neighbor in. and probably won't be friends with them ever again. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> you guys will hate each other forever. Probably. But if the neighbor <laughs> doesn't have enough insurance or doesn't have any homeowners insurance, then our insurance would jump in. I would guess. Yeah, I mean, but you would also probably be, we'd look at suing them, right. you know, as far as trying to. And you mentioned something like that earlier. The does the insurance company give me the money and then they go after them so they can get their money back? Or do I have to wait around for the money while you guys are trying to sue? I shouldn't say you guys. While the insurance companies are trying to sue. The a lot neighbor. of times insurance companies want to make it as easy as possible on you. Less hardship on you, the more they can do. Now, that being said, if they're unable to subrogate or get the money from the other insurance company, then that's unfortunately going to fall back on you as far as being hmm? hit with a claim. Can you say that again? I said, so as far as... That being said, if they're unable to subrogate the money, so say if you, like you said, the guy next door didn't have homeowner's insurance and we're trying to get the money back from him, we're having no 
no luck as far as suing them. We got our lawyers. We're doing everything possible. That money, it would still show up as subrogation in there that they went ahead and made the attempt. But that would still fall as far as dinging you. It still dings so us. My, so I would my still premium get the money from my insurance, yeah, was, but my policy would go up. Correct. Okay. And it would probably go up anyway because you guys just had to spend a ton of money on attorneys and stuff. I would Correct. So let's talk a couple, about a couple of things that I think are that people don't realize about policies. And I think this is pretty standard is if you have a sewer backup or your sump pump fails. Correct. Um, you kind of think of this as something that's just damaged to a house, like an overflowing bathtub or something mm-hmm. that just happens out of your control. But that's not typically covered. Correct. That's always added. And one, one of the questions I typically go through is when I'm doing someone's home analysis is finding out is it, if they have a basement. Yes, obviously. Is it finished? That's an important question. Then, then if they say, yes, it's finished, is it a walkout or is there no way out in that basement? I don't remember any of these questions. Typically, if it's a walkout, <laughs> is your basement finished in your home? Yeah. Okay. Typically, then do you have a sump pump down in your basement? Yes. Okay. Do you have the water backup coverage on your home? No, because I didn't realize, honestly, until I read yes. through my policy in prep for even this, yes. that some pump, if that some pump fails for some reason, that that was not covered. Correct. I wouldn't have thought about that. And you can go But ahead. then I realized you guys actually have an extra policy. That's exactly. Like 38 It's super cheap like to that. add yeah. on there. So that's something that's totally beautiful. So something else that I brought up to you today that I, I thought was interesting is, because this is a scenario that I think happens a lot, especially for sellers, is they buy another house, they move out, and then they leave their house vacant, and if the home is burglarized, let's say the copper disappears, it's not covered after 30 days. I did a little more research on this because me and you talked about this briefly this morning. And was actually talking to the branch manager at my office about it. And he said, in those instances, insurance companies aren't going to insure a vacant home. As far as if you're just saying, we're buying a home, we're just going to leave it vacant. They're not going to want to take that risk with nobody moving in. That being said, you had a policy on your home. When you purchased your new home, it would still be covered. Wait, so you cannot get vacant home insurance? You can't, Some companies out there will cover you, but not all companies want, want to take on the risk of insuring a vacant house. Okay. Because there's no one physically there to protect it. Okay. A lot of times they'll do it, and they'll, they'll, the inspections will ask, is the home being rehabbed? And you can put yes in six months. They send an inspector out there between the time, like about halfway through, and then at the time to make sure that construction's done. And you can actually add that on your policy as far as materials to do the construction on the home that would cover mm-hmm. that stuff. But as far as just a house, if you wanted to go out and say, hey, I want to buy these seven houses down the street. I just want to buy them. I'm going to hold on to them. I don't, I'm not going to do anything with them for a while. I just want them. They're not, a lot of insurance companies aren't going to want to take on that risk as far as nothing, you doing nothing about keeping those personally protected. that makes sense? Yeah. Okay. So then... Back to the personal articles thing, because I think this is something that people don't realize is that those personal articles, the the things in our home are becoming more expensive. High-end computers, nice cameras, these smartphones, our jewelry, furs are not necessarily covered. No, and you can get those things covered for $50,000 on the uh, home computer app that covers all your iPhones, your tablets, stuff like that. Also, that being said, I, w- I think one of the questions you had in there, too, is how do we know we have all this stuff in our house? 
Yeah. So how do you how where how do we go about inventorying and understanding as far as the personal items? Correct. Obviously, the dwelling itself, you you can figure out. And but what about our personal articles? And that's a great question because we actually have a home gallery app now, so you can download an app on your phone, and you can go room by room and inventory and take pictures and upload everything to this app. And now is on your file with Liberty Mutual. Oh, what's the name of that app? It's Home Gallery app. Okay. I'll show it to you when we're done here. I have it on my phone. And I've heard of people like walking around taking a video. Yes. Just like walking around. Like, Here's yeah, so my in the ring. old days, you yes. just walk around with a video camera and then go put that in, in a separate location. Uh-huh. But now, is- though, I mean, jewelry, expensive watches, none yeah. of that's covered. I was going to say, it's funny because the big stuff that's out, like your TV, that ain't worth anything, right? It's the stuff in the drawers. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like your jewelry, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's and you're always something. covered for about $2,500 for jewelry. One thing I recommend, you can actually purchase it through your homeowners and policy. It's not subject to deductible, but you can go ahead and schedule those items with an appraisal that's sent to there. You know, you're saying, hey, Tony, I have a $10,000 ring. I want to get added to my policy in case I, my grandmother gave it to me. The stones fall out. I want to be able to fix this, get it replaced. It typically runs about $11 per thousand. So you figure if you have a $10,000 ring, it's going to cover you, cost you about $110 per year to insure that and schedule that on the home. Okay. You can also buy that. I always tell people that another option is you don't necessarily have to do it through us, but a lot of jewelers out there now offer that. Oh yeah, mine's as an always insurance policy. So sure. some people just don't want that because then if that happens, you know, it's, it dings you just like a claim would. You know, it would hit your your file as yeah. far as filing a claim. And but I don't think even like high end bicycles, yes. like for artwork. Racers, I mean, there's all kinds uh, yes. of stuff that yeah, and that all can be scheduled if you're truly concerned about. It. I had one. I just had a customer of mine in Columbia, Missouri. He had uh, he had one of those personal. It was a a jet, kind of a one man plane. That had the parachute on it. You know, he spent a lot of money and he's like, hey, I need to get this thing insured, you know, and it would be covered on his personal property. I said, if you really want to be safe about it, I said, get pictures of it. I said, get everything sent over to me. We can keep it on your file. That way we know about it. You told us about it. If anything were to happen to it, we'll get it taken care of for you. Interesting. So we have time for maybe like two or three more questions. Yeah. Do you have some just burning ones that are... No, no. Um, do you have any ones that are burning that you didn't get answered? Otherwise, well, I guess I'm wondering: is there like, is there some sort of percentage or something like that I can use to estimate what the homeowner's insurance would be? I I use a uh, mortgage calculator app on my phone. Okay, Carl's mortgage calculator. Yeah, I use it all the time too. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm evaluating how, how much would this, how much would my payment be on this home? And I never really quite know what to throw into the insurance number. And that's got to be a tough one. Yes, but the best thing, and I always ask just a few basic questions. If you guys, I can typically get you a quote fairly quickly. I can pull most of the information from. But believe from, me, for all the homes I'm evaluating, you I'm don't want me calling I'm standing in the you. home. And yes. we're going from home to home. How much would can this Can I use 1% of purchase price? I mean, is it equal to what the tax A lot of times, are? and I think I mean, I, this would be more a mortgage question, but a lot of time, if you're buying a home, did he? what did he figure in that dollar amount for homeowner's insurance? Sometimes, depending on the value of the home, they'll just say twelve hundred dollars. You know, they figure hundred bucks a month. It doesn't not seem knowing like what like, it is, or yeah, sometimes it it's a little like bit higher. I don't. I don't know that there seems to be any rhyme or reason, and yeah. that's why I was hoping you were going to give me some. But I've I've been lately using a number number sort of similar to what the taxes are. Okay. 
Which is not a, necessarily a good thing either. But yeah. So what are you it, saying? Like 20% of what the taxes are? See, you're yeah, I don't think that yeah. works because even I just assume for smaller homes, we're talking about 1200 bucks. I mean, I ask my buyers what their quote was or what they ended up paying. And I look at closing just to get, yeah. start but in I my head, ca- more random calculations. My, I bought a four family recently and I think I'm paying more in insurance on that. Yes. And then I am on this new big ass house I'm buying in Chesterfield. Yeah. Yeah. So With I get a quote and, from a, and a diving field. board. Yeah. And it was outrageous. Yeah. Is it, it so no there's no hey, make it equal to the taxes, there's no exact formula. Exactly. Just call you. Which is a good segue to how do I call you, by the way? Um, there's a couple different ways to call me. You can go to anthony.barra at libertymutual.com if you'd like to reach me via email. Anthony.barra, B-E-R-R-A, yes. at libertymutual.com? Correct. Or okay. you can also reach out to me on my cell phone. I got two numbers to get a hold of you. I make sure I give them to everybody. Oh, you give out both Yes, I, I give out both numbers phones. so they can get a hold of me no matter when they need me. Okay. Um, the first number is 314-922-4912. And the other, the work phone, that was my personal I gave you first. That's how okay. much I care about everybody out there. The second one is my work number, and that's 314-580-4284. And I will say for the realtors out there that it was way worth the call. I had someone tell me that they saved so much money on homeowners auto. And so I finally called them. I think it was like oh, I- Yeah, the last one, they were very happy. Yeah, so they were super excited about it. So it was a significant difference with that realtor discount. Correct. And I have a couple different carriers with realtors out there. I know they like to always, for their customers, due diligence by them and, you know, get them a few different quotes. So we have the ability now to shop with a few different carriers for you if we want to get you some quotes as far as that goes. Yes, we do. Who else? Um, We have MetLife now. We can write through Progressive, Foremost, um, Dairyland, there's a couple other ones that are possibly coming down the pipeline. I'm not to disclose to you at this point, but uh, going to be some other options that will oh, be good awesome for the, yes, that. yes. So you guys will really be happy about all that knowing down the road that uh, he will take care of you. Any other questions, Shannon? No. Well, you have a thousand more questions, but you're going to let me wrap it up, it sounds I will, like. Yeah, I have a thousand more questions. You guys have been awesome. But... Thank you for Anything all the questions. Anything else you want to say before I jump into the five questions that I ask all of our guests? No, absolutely not. I just appreciate being on the podcast today. Was his podcast number 34? Yeah. And he didn't bring it up, but it's uh, Adam's one-year anniversary. Is it today? <laughs> yesterday. So Yesterday. Yes. So we get to spend the day after his anniversary with us, which That's is awesome. That's I have the so, big smile on my face. Yes, Thank you. Yes. So, congratulations. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Five questions I ask everyone. Okay. Who lives under your roof? As far as the names of the people that live under my roof? However you want to answer it. Some pe- one guy said, two people and a cat. <laughs> that, that being said, I got, uh, I got, there's four women and two males. Me being one of the males, one of the other males being a dog. And, okay. So I got, yeah, I got a wife and two daughters, and we got two dogs. And so, yes. Okay, congratulations. Thanks. So where are you your best? Where am I my best? Wow. That's a great question. I'm Just sorry, I didn't send the any gi- any given moment, where am I my best? Answer it however you want. I guess wherever I am. Wow. I always try to be my like best that. wherever I go. So I like you that. know, so good call. Yeah. Good, yeah, good answer. All right, do you have a favorite blog or podcast? Uh, this. Yeah, I mean, I, you guys have really kind of trumped everyone out there. I'm definitely going to be following these uh, podcasts here. Okay, but so you do you don't read any certain website every day, or like what do you like to? I, I do a lot on Facebook, social media, stuff like that. Just kind of, 
I, I, I'm not as active with the social stuff, but I always am a little bit nosy out there, kind of reach all the avenues. And correct, nice yeah. I find okay. something that sparks an interest, and I kind of follow it. What is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is, oh man, I wow. This is this is you really came out of a question with all these. <laughs> um, this is going to sound super cheesy, but selling insurance. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fine. We'll let we'll let you get off without giving us a blog or podcast or All a guilty right. pleasure. Okay. And number five, the last question: Who is your mentor, and how have you thanked them? Who is my mentor? I have a few mentors. Okay. Um, my father is a big mentor in my life. Um, don't know if I thank him as much as I should, but I. Me and him actually, he's a, not only, we have the same birthday too. Okay. So my dad means a lot to me, and he always uh, always told me growing up he'd his advice, you know, and he was never really wrong with that. So I feel like now that I'm a father myself, I'm constantly thanking him for everything that he taught me growing up, and good. kind of take that and make make myself and try to be a good father to my daughters. Awesome. Okay. No. So thanks again, Tony, for being here. No problem. Thanks for and, having me. And uh, just give us your email and your phone numbers one more time, if you don't mind. Okay. Email is Anthony A N T H O N Y dot Barra B as in boy E R R A at LibertyMutual dot com. And the phone numbers to get a hold of me are three one four nine two two four nine one two and three one four five eight zero four two eight four. Awesome. Thank you very much. And for everybody listening, please don't forget to follow us on iTunes and YouTube and send questions to podcast at hermanlondon.com for future episodes. And if you have any real estate needs or want to become a realtor, please contact us by calling 314-802-0797. And actually, if you have any real estate needs, I think you should just skip calling our office line and just go straight to Shannon St. Pierre. (laughs) Yeah. What's your number, Shannon? 314-583-0070. 314-583-0070. Are you Shannon at HermanLondon.com? No, Shannon. <laughs> I think it's Living Tower. Yeah, yeah, oh. Who's my <laughs> 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 I just go straight to, you know, it's all saved in there. <laughs> Please Shannon edit this. Shannon at LivingTowerGrove.com. <laughs> Shannon at LivingTowerGrove.com. All right, well, thank you both for being here. And thank we'll see you. you all next time. Thanks again. Take care.